This episode is supported by Vegamore. I'm a month and a half into my Vegamore journey. I don't know if you've ever had a garden and planted seeds, but when that first little growth breaks ground, it's exciting. And on my very head, I can see some new growth in the areas that I've noticed hair thinning before. And it's exciting to see those little babies coming in. I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the grow serum, which have a lovely, mellow, warm citrus smell. I've been consistently using this and it makes my hair feel soft and full. And it's really important to me that I use safe and conscious products whenever I can. And Vegamore is 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash mind and use code mind at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind. This episode touches on topics that may be sensitive for some listeners. Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health, discussing conception, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On this episode, I'm talking with Diana Collins. We're going to learn about her personal story, losing her friend to postpartum suicide, and how she's working to spread awareness. Diana is a mom of two beautiful girls and has been married to her best friend of four years. Two under two is tough, but never boring. She loves spending time with her little family, crafting, and reading. She recently quit her day job to accomplish a mission in spreading postpartum depression and suicide awareness by sharing other mothers' stories on her podcast called Always With Me. Although she's experienced a tragedy, she has found joy and never been happier. Life is so short and we must choose to live every single day, she says. Well, welcome, Diana. Thanks for coming on. Yes, thanks for having me, and thanks for the great intro. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad to talk with you, and Mm -hmm. I think it's important for people to hear these kinds of stories, not only your story, but your experience with your friend and the impact that it's had and how it affects so many people. So you can just go ahead and start wherever you'd like to about your personal story. Yeah, so... Whew, every time I share this story, it always gives me chills. So excuse me for the chills. <laughs> so my best friend, her name was Sabrina, and we've been friends since high school, our senior year. So it would have been, let's see, I'm we're, I'm tw- almost 28. So it would have been 10 years now. And she was one of my friends where you feel like in your early 20s, You start having kids, but then you have your friends who are not. She was one of the friends that I depended on with my motherhood journey and, you know, someone that I could relate to in that season of our life. So when I lost her, I felt like I lost that one resource, that one friend that had it, like, you know, had my back 100%. Even though I had other mommy friends, you know, growing through my journey in motherhood, I started making more mommy friends. But she was that one because, you know, we had a history. 
Unfortunately, she struggled silently. I never knew about her postpartum depression. She had her baby actually at 29 weeks. And that's when I started noticing some of the symptoms. But, you know, I never thought that she was suicidal. And you did notice some changes, but nothing too too outright noticeable. Yeah. I mean, growing up, she's had a little bit of depression. Just knowing her in those 10 years, she's had her moments. But never, never has she ever confronted it with me or any of our friends. Mm -hmm. So when I found out of her passing... I think the first thing, naturally, you know, you think she was only 26. So you think, oh, my gosh, there had to been an accident, right? But for some reason, I instantly thought, no, she must have, you know, committed suicide, unfortunately. And unfortunately, I was correct. But yeah, it's been a rough year, very rough year. And it'll be one year this March 1st. So yeah. And after I had my second daughter, it was only a few weeks before I said my final goodbyes to my best friend. And I think going through that grieving process, and then I was also moving in between homes, moving to a bigger home for my second daughter, of course. (laughs) And going through a move, going through grieving, kind of instantly pushed me into postpartum depression myself. I don't know if that was just my grief talking, or if it was certainly depression, or maybe it was both. I became suicidal and for six to eight months of my first second born's life, I wasn't there. I was in the darkness. I was grieving. All I wanted was Sabrina and it was tough. So, oh, thank you. But long story short, I was in the hospital. I was, my last suicide attempt involved a gun Mm -hmm. and I drove off to a park. I called a friend. My friend was of course concerned So she called the police. The police came to see me and took me to the hospital. Fortunately, I was not admitted on a legal hold. Well, I mean, I was on a hold for that few hours, but they did an evaluation and I was cleared. But going through that, I don't know if any of our listeners have been through that. Maybe they might have, but it was scary. You're pretty much in that room all by yourself. And that was when I realized, and it was God spoke to me, or even maybe Sabrina, who I call my guardian angel. And she said that I need to stay here on earth to spread awareness. So I quit my day job, which was absolutely scary. But, you know, I had a supportive boss and she said, this is a matter of life and death. If I had so much on my plate already, two girls, two under two, a new house that nobody was maintaining. And I said, okay, the work had to go. And ever since then, I started my podcast. I've been so much happier. I'm still on antidepressants, but I certainly haven't had to take my anxiety medications. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry that it got so bad. Um, Well, thank you. It happened relatively quickly. Yes, yes, it did. I mean, at first, I kind of ignored it. I think I did go get help. I saw a therapist and my therapist knew and she said, you know, you've got to come see me every week. And of course, stubborn me was concerned about work and not being at work. I said, I can't afford it. And then, of course, until it got so bad to where she's like, you need to see a psychiatrist. So she sent me over there and here I am. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, good. So you feel like you're getting better 
Uh, yes, like yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took a while. Not that we're trying to be like give people medical advice, but medications will take a while to kick in. And I've told my therapist, we don't know if my change in mood was due to the medication or due to my change in the environment or both. So that's why I'm still on it. But I don't recommend getting off of it without your doctor's permission. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something to be really careful about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's often hard to know what exactly is helping. It's usually more than one thing. It's multiple avenues of things at the same time are can be very helpful. You know, a lot of people I think want to know well what actually helped. Mm -hmm. But you know, you're better. You're feeling better, Mm -hmm. um, and that is really important. Yep. Yep. I'm glad you're safe now. Yes, me too. I'm glad I'm still here to spread the word. So. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, a lot of people, not everybody, but a good number of people who go through something that deep and transformative and scary, Mm -hmm. go on to be advocates and spread awareness because it's such a profound experience um, and really something that takes most people by surprise. And so that's what you've done. You've taken Mm -hmm. your experience and turned it into... Uh, passion and getting the word out and sounds like doing a lot of work to try and prevent other mothers from going through what your friend yes. went through and from what you went through. Yes, absolutely. I always say I couldn't have saved her, but I could save another mom and that'll make all the difference. Mm. So, I mean, I wish she was still here, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like the effects of losing her were pretty deep and yes. profound. And yeah. are, are lasting now. Mm-hmm. They do, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, and have you seen that it affects other people? What have you seen as a result of? Yeah. Whew. That sent chills down my spine. Sorry. <laughs> but it affected, I mean, she went left behind. She was only 26. She left behind her two daughters, a husband, a mother, a dad, and a sister, and multiple aunts, uncles, and cousins. And it has it affected all of us in a different way you know when you it's different when you lose a sister versus a daughter versus a friend or a wife you know and i think for me we've built a bond all of us we are a family now i think and one of her aunts i call her my aunt because this past year we had to hold on to each other and although that we are all going through different grieving processes. <laughs> we all had to just hold on to each other. And it was hard. I might cry here. I'm sorry. But in my darkness, I felt guilty going to her mother, her grandmother, her sister to talk to them. Because, you know, it kind of felt like, who am I? I just lost a friend. She just lost a daughter, you know? And that's not the case. We all built a family and a bond because we all lost Sabrina. It doesn't matter what type and how so, but we all lost her. So, yeah. (laughs) This episode is supported by Ritual. I am by nature and nurture a bit skeptical. I have to see for myself if something works or if it's helpful before I just believe it whole cloth. And I'm open to trying things out to see for myself. And that includes finding strategies for my wellness. 
I have a historically low vitamin D, so it's important for me to take Ritual's Essential 18 because it has D3 in it, and they're clinically backed essential for women. 18 plus multivitamin has several other high quality traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. What I love and have always loved about Ritual is that it's a female-founded company, and it's a B Corp, which means they're holding themselves accountable, and not just long-term, but also to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash momandmind. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash momandmind for 25% off. This episode is supported by Hungry Root. I am a creature of habit when it comes to food, like I buy the same stuff in the store and generally make the same stuff over and over. Not really that fun. So in order to shake things up, I use Hungry Root. I can pick a whole meal and they send me what I need to make it, but I will also just let them choose so I don't get into my rut. And it paid off. I got the chicken shawarma non-flatbread. These are flavors that I wouldn't have thought to put together on my own and they totally work. It was so yummy and so easy to make. And bonus, I also received for free organic roasted chicken breast that I threw into a salad for another meal. Hungry Root is my partner in healthy and yummy living. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Mom and Mind listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash cat to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash cat. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Yeah. Very, very intense. I think on some level why I'm so grateful for you for sharing Sabrina's story and your story is that, you know, moms who, and you can speak to this, I'm sure, moms who are in that darkness of Mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts are often thinking that it could range from anything to just wanting to end their suffering to feeling Mm -hmm. like a burden on other people to, you know, thinking that they're, uh, horrible mothers and any number mm-hmm. of things like that and all of those thoughts are not true yeah. but they feel so true and you know you can't speak to Sabrina's experience in that way mm-hmm. but for other moms who are listening and who are suffering and other healthcare providers who are listening and trying mm. to understand how this happens it's a very internal process is that what you experienced absolutely you know, like you get a lot and to the moms who are having those suicidal thoughts, you get a lot of those, you know, your family or your friends. And they say, how could you do this to your family? That's what I got. And my answer is I was in the dark and you can't see anything. You know, I've got two girls myself and they're two under two. And of course, when you're depressed, when you're going through this, of course, you love your kids. Of course, you love your husband, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're going through this, all you focus on is that pain and you want to do anything to get rid of that pain. Mm-hmm. So It doesn't seem like other avenues don't seem possible. Mm-hmm. Like getting help doesn't seem possible. Yes. Yeah. You feel like you can't, you'll never get out of it, but you will. So Right. And that's also the message that, yeah, that we can come to that I think would be great for you to share with other people from what you've seen and yeah. through your podcast in just a little bit. So the impact has been pretty wide of losing Sabrina and still is. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it will be for some time. So 
What are you talking about on your podcast with the moms that you interview? Yeah, so definitely anyone who's gone through postpartum depression, I have on there anyone, pretty much I talk to all sorts of moms, to moms who struggle with infertility, moms who struggled with um, trying to think, finding themselves, finding their identity. My goal is to build a sisterhood of mothers because... I think that, you know, we're in 2017, we're covered in social media, right? And all of us judge ourselves as moms. Either we're being judged on the internet or being judged by how we can't breastfeed or we don't do this, we don't do that. And my goal in my show is to share everyone's mother stories and let our listeners know that they're not alone and we all struggle we all have our struggles and we all have our joys and that's what my goal is to spread awareness and to make moms feel that no one is better than the other for sure (laughs) yeah that's true we all have our own paths Mm -hmm. to motherhood and through this transition and you know there's such power in telling your story and hearing other people's story what kind of response have you had to the podcast Oh my gosh, it's it's been amazing and kind of breathtaking, I guess you could say, but I've got a lot of moms who are like, you've inspired me to do this. And a lot of, yeah, a lot of business moms, because I talk to entrepreneurs, because that's usually where I find them in entrepreneur sites. But they said, you know, you've made me want to change my business, change direction in my businesses, or you've made me see the light. And it's funny because if you told me that 10 years ago, I would have been like, I'm not that type of person. I'm not an inspirer. And I feel like Sabrina made me into that person. And it's kind of, it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, doing this podcast was never really my set plan. You know, when you go to high school, you figure out a plan for yourself. Right. Podcast was never in that list. <laughs> so yeah. it's been amazing and just eye-opening so right. I mean that speaks to the depth of how much you value this yeah um, getting the word out and getting the stories out yeah um, I was wondering if it would be important to know were you in the entrepreneur world or is that how you're connecting with mothers I am but I never like so how I started this was I was on this group called boss moms I don't know if you've heard of it but there's a podcast on it and then there's a Facebook group and I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was my goal in life. So that's why I joined. But then this podcast came up and one day I just said, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. Would anybody like to be on my show? And I was floored with the responses. So in the beginning, it was more entrepreneur women who shared their motherhood story. We don't really focus on the entrepreneur side until the end. But then then I started getting responses from you know, PPD support groups and, you know, just different. And then moms who are telling their friends about me and they're coming to me. So it's kind of, it's only been three months and that's, it's just crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. So just for our listeners to understand your journey and your path to getting to this point, certainly not everybody's going to start a podcast or, mm-hmm. you know, start an organization or do advocacy work, but some people will mm-hmm. after going through their journey. But I think that's the kind of small details of people's story or the details that people don't always tell are important for like other moms to understand 
Okay, yeah. so what was your context? In your path, like prior to even Sabrina committing suicide or you having your own experience, what were you doing? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. <laughs> but, you know, Sabrina and I have known each other since high school. And after high school, I was always trying to find my journey, my passion, my calling, my vocation. And I went to college. I thought I was going to be a nurse. So I took some courses there, changed my major, thought I was going to be a graphic designer. What else? Therapist. I thought I was going to be a therapist. (laughs) And then my last one was teaching. It all didn't work out. In the midst of all that, I became a mother. And my last previous job that I quit was an accounting job where my husband worked. And really, I love the job, but I think... It was just more of me settling. I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm just a mom and I have to work to pay the bills, right? And so that's where I was. And I lost. Then in the midst of losing Sabrina, I was grieving and all that. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't handle being at work and having kids at the same time. Right. I mean, I think I'm glad you're talking about this. Yeah. Because in terms of the work that I do as a therapist, I see a lot of moms who struggle with this transition and specifically like the working part. Um, Mm -hmm. Some moms who know that they have to go back to work maybe or don't like their jobs or their job isn't a good fit for them. It can add a lot of stress to the transition to motherhood. If you're feeling this like profound changes that sometimes motherhood can bring like this deeper kind of understanding of yourself in the world. And I'm thinking to going back to a job that's just, you know, just for paying the bills. It can be really, really stressful. So it sounds like from your experience that you went through that having that context, that kind of difficult job was maybe part of what made things. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know if it was it wasn't the job itself. Like the job was easy (laughs) and it was a desk job. Right. But It was an hour away from my home. After picking up the kids, we didn't come home until 7 o'clock at night. And foods weren't prepared. You know, laundry wasn't done. Every morning we were scrambling, okay, what is the kids going to wear? What am I going to wear? I don't have any clothes to wear. (laughs) And that was so stressful. I feel like in society, we put this pressure on moms to be the working mom, be the perfect working mom as if you didn't have kids, and being the perfect housewife as if you didn't have a job. Right. (laughs) And that's something that I spread the message or I advocate about also is that we need to learn to stop putting that pressure on us. You know, (laughs) it's got it's it's your choice. Yeah. And I felt like just working from home has been a changer for me. Like I've made a 180. I'm so much happier. I'm present with my children Mm -hmm. and I get to be the mom that I want to be. And that's being with my kids. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. I mean, yeah. you just listed so many things that are stressful. Just a commute, um, an hour yeah. commute, and oh, you yeah. know, then not having the energy or the time to take care of your home. And at that point, when you're so tired, you you don't mm-hmm. even want to. Um, mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff, and you are already going through something so difficult. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you had quite a bit of stress on you. <laughs> yes. 
I mean, just all for the moms who are listening, I think it's kind of a good thing to consider too, is like, Mm -hmm. what are the things that are stressing you out that, Mm -hmm. or that are stressful or that might become more stressful once you're you're pregnant or once you have a baby? It's Mm -hmm. so hard to know until the baby's there. Yes. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it can help to just look ahead a little and see what changes you can make. Yeah. Reduce your level of stress. Yeah. I think before having kids, I've always had anxiety. I struggled a little bit of depression when I was in my teens. And if I could go back and realize how intense my anxiety is, I would Mm -hmm. maybe plan out my motherhood journey a little differently. Mm -hmm. But I never thought that, I mean, of course, my second child was a blessing, but it wasn't the plan to have them 16 months apart. (laughs) So there's just some things in motherhood where you just gotta, you can't plan. (laughs) So absolutely. It's coming at you at lightning speed sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're having really good down to earth, realistic conversations about these difficult parts of the change to motherhood with with people on your podcast. Mm -hmm. Just so good because right, these are the things we often are not talking about and we get blindsided by and and then we sit in our homes and our caves by ourselves and wonder Mm -hmm. like, oh, everybody else seems to be able to do this and how come I can't? Yep. Yep. Um, that's just really, really challenging. Yeah. I think it's because of that social media again. Like you said, we're sitting in our caves and all we see is everyone's highlights. So then you're like, well, I wish my house was that clean or I wish I could have the energy to read a book for my kids and which we should. But, you know, the point is having that energy. (laughs) Yeah. This episode is supported by Factor. Eating better is better with ready to eat Factor meals. And ready to eat means pop it in the microwave for two minutes and done. I mix in a few of these meals into my rotation for the days that we're on the run or that I don't want to make anything. I chose the high protein and calorie smart options, one of which is the mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice with garlic roasted green beans. This is restaurant quality and so tasty. I can adjust how many meals I get in my order as much or as little as I need every week. Plus, I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime, which comes in really handy for our busy schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash momandmind50 and use code momandmind50 to get 50% off. That's code momandmind50 at factormeals.com slash momandmind50 to get 50% off. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin, and for a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code MIND when you check out at oneskin.co. Well, I've kept up my mini resolution of taking better care of my skin after consistently using OneSkin for several weeks and all is going well. I can't see what's going on at a cellular level, but I can tell you that my skin feels soft and healthy. But they did do some cool research that looked at before and after exposure of the OS1 peptide to skin cells, and the OneSkin scientists found that the peptide reverses skin's biological age. And you can even see that study by Zonari A. et al. in the NPJ Aging Journal. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code MIND at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code MIND. 
After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. New year, healthier skin. That's one skin. Yeah. <laughs> Not even to mention all the sleep deprivation. Oh, yes. <laughs> big one. So through your podcast and your forums, through your website and on Facebook, what are the messages that you are really trying to get to mothers who are suffering? Yeah. Ooh, well, I think about this a lot because I'm on a lot of PPD support groups on Facebook. And, you know, I see there's that mom who posts that she's having a hard day and things like that. It's just to, for me, what I did was hold on to my faith. I prayed a lot. I mean, it's hard. Like, reach out to your support group. Reach out to your tribe. I know when moms are in that darkness, it's hard to reach out. So for me, that's why I'm here is to shine that light for them. And for what you're doing, same thing. And if you don't want to talk to a friend, listen to a podcast. That's what I did. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I don't know why. Maybe it's a part of that grieving process, but I just, it was hard. I mean, even talking to my husband who had no idea what to do with a wife who was suicidal and depressed. So all I had was a podcast. I just listened to someone else's words and someone else's encouragements and it changed everything for me. Maybe, yeah, maybe not that 100%, like that 180 that I made after making my own show, but it certainly helped me through that day and you just got to take it one day at a time so one thing that I got a lot when I was in my darkness was they said to you know your depression is a choice you wake up every morning and to choose to be happy I get that and I agree with it however and you know you're the doctor as well but I feel like when you're struggling with PPD it's kind of it's hard to it's a little bit of both you're struggling with these hormones, these crazy hormones. <laughs> and then you're also in the dark. So I feel like maybe if you choose to be, try to choose to be happy, but then also understand that you're going through some hormonal changes as well. So kind of maybe meet in the, bo- meet in the middle. Gosh, therapy, psych- meeting with therapists and meeting with a psychiatrist if you have to. Mm-hmm. So important. You have to have both, in my opinion. I feel like you have to have both. You can't just have one or the other, depending on how bad the depression is. So, yeah, (laughs) that's my message. (laughs) Getting them some kind of good on the ground ideas of things to hold on to and things to do and to look into for their, for healing, really, Mm -hmm. for hope, stuff to hold on to. So you were mentioning that your husband's experience of Mm -hmm. you being suicidal and him being your husband Can you give us a sense of what that was like for you and that was like for him and how you guys got through that? Yeah. Well, in all honesty, it was hard. I mean, did it put a strain on our marriage? Yes. I do know that there's a lot of moms out there who maybe go through PPD and are afraid to tell her husband because, you know, you'd feel guilt or you feel like you're being a burden to your husband. And... My husband and I, we've always been open about our communications, Mm -hmm. but for him, it was more like, how do I handle this? Because I never have been through this. He's never grieved like I have, or, I mean, we all have our depressive state in life, right? It was never something this deep. So... We we just went through it. I mean, I don't think we've planned it. I don't think you ever planned this kind of thing, right? 
we had an open communication. We we prayed. We prayed a lot. For me, I'm just going to be completely open here because I want to be and I want to spread that message. But I looked for people that could relate to me. And that was hard on my husband because, you know, that's your husband. That's your spouse. You should tell everything to them. So, but it's hard because he didn't relate. He couldn't relate. And that built anger in me. It was like, you know, you don't know how I feel. You don't know this pain inside that I'm feeling. You don't know what it's like to lose a friend this young. So, you know, I geared more finding friends who could relate, maybe even go to suicide. I found support groups of people who have lost people and family from suicide. I went there and that was okay. You know, I told my husband what I'm doing. I told him, look, I'm going to go with this direction. I'm going to find someone who could relate. And he was okay with that. You know, of course, always make your husband that one top communication line, always. And is he going to understand Maybe not understand how you're feeling, but I feel like the husbands out there, please know that postpartum depression is a very real thing and just be there for your wife. If she needs to seek therapy, let's do it. If she needs you there with her, go with her. But she's going to feel that there's going to be a time where she feels like she wants to talk to somebody who knows exactly how she feels because that's what I went through. So. Yeah, maybe even open up, help her find resources out there where you can, there's suicide support groups, you know, whether you're feeling suicidal or you lost someone or postpartum depression support groups, be that advocate for your wife mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. And if she needs your help finding those groups, help find it because it's out there. <laughs> yeah. So, right. It's a difficult thing to understand, especially for people mm-hmm. who've never been through it and, you know, for men who will never go through it. Yeah, Um, don't have really anything to compare it to just physiologically, like they don't have periods, they don't exactly hormonal changes that even that. So it sounds like you guys worked through it and were able Mm -hmm. to come out of it together. Yes, yes. I mean, it's scary trying to, I think it has changed our marriage. And I've told him before, I can't imagine how you felt pulling your wife down from a ceiling fan. Not to be sad, but I have tried to hang myself multiple times and he's pulled me down multiple times. So thank you. I feel like it has made our marriage stronger and our communication line stronger. But that's what we go through in marriage, right? We go through, what did we say in our vows? (laughs) Through the good times and bad. So and we're still together and we still hold on to our faith together. So, you know, for couples or women or mm-hmm. partners who are listening that this is something that you can get through. It yes. does it does take work and does take a lot of patience and sometimes like you said being that resource for your partner is really or it's just something for them to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, And that, you know, that what you went through from losing your friend and your own suicide attempts that you got through that is awesome and amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank Um, you. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of, you know, grappling with very difficult stuff to make it through that. Mm -hmm. Um, It really, really does. And I'm so glad that you did. Yes, and, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and now that you're using your experience to spread awareness and hopefully help put out a hand to those other moms who are struggling, mm. this is really, really hard stuff. It's difficult yeah. to talk about. It's difficult to hear for some people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people kind of 
you know, don't know what to do when they hear stuff like this. Yes. Um, which is why I think it's all that more important that you're sharing your story and you're sharing the stories of mothers so it doesn't become this thing that's like, oh my gosh, can you believe? Yes, yes. This mm-hmm. is something that happens for moms and the more we can, you know, talk about it and the more we can help moms and family members understand that you can get help and that you will feel better with the right help and that you can go on to lead productive lives just like you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So if people want to connect with you or be a guest or yeah. you know follow you, you have a Facebook page and a website, Always With Me Podcast Facebook page. Yep. And Always With Me Podcast. And where can people find that? Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on iTunes or Stitcher and just search Always With Me. And our website is alwayswithme.org. I am open to any type of guests. (laughs) Of course, mom guests, of course, because that's our topic, right? But yeah, it's funny when people are like, let me know if I'm a good fit for the show. And I'm like, of course you are. You know, (laughs) you're a mom. Of course you're a great fit. So I am an open book and, you know, let me know and enjoy the show. You know, I hope that it lifts you up like it lifted me. So (laughs) awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on with us and sharing your story and helping so many other people now. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Also, please subscribe and share this podcast. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.